0: to production of the toll Network. This is Laser Knees number 84. Adieu, I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sono. This is Thief Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Police Sentai Pot Ranger, episode 49, As a Thief, As a Policeman. Episode 50, Forevermore Adieu. And episode 51, we will meet again, covering all three of them.
0: Frankly, because I couldn't, like, I couldn't not. Yeah,
1: we watched cause... 51, and we had to.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no holding it off and like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get to the recording next time. Like, no.
1: (laughs) No, there, there was no way for us to do this without talking about 51 too. So we're just going to wrap up the whole show uh, in this episode.
0: Yeah. Sorry, but uh, you were, you were still talking for the introduction of the episodes.
1: Um, So our writer... For all three of them was of course Komura Junko, our director for all of them was Sugihara Teraraki.
0: and bless them
1: as this is the finale uh we're gonna bump the overview section all the way to the end so we can work through these three episodes and then reflect upon Lupin Ranger versus pot Ranger as a whole which you know
0: as as befits the final episode thing so then in the, in that spirit let's just get straight into it talk about the the bad stuff that we didn't like in these episodes and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start us off because starting in 49 and then in 50 uh i was personally attacked by the lack of gauche in the opening like i knew she'd be gone because that's how they do it and that's really cool but still like
1: yeah no it, it stung a
0: little yeah it's good but mm, sucks
1: I got my back up slightly at Kogure, like, scolding Noel about, being like, oh, well, you know, don't do anything else that would be disadvantageous to the group. Like, my guy, the kid almost died, like, a minute ago. <sniffs> like, he himself says, like, I know you probably feel bad about it. Yeah, he feels bad about it, so leave him alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kogure, I don't see you going out there to fight monsters or- like walk around the city all busted up and bloody. Like just, just calm down, bro. Like
1: relax. It's okay. Honestly. So we we get this kind of back and forth between Zamigo and Dograña, where Zamigo's like, "Hey, don't play with my toys, Lupin Red. I'm gonna fight him. He's he's my thing to fight." And like, why does why is that? Was like that ever clearly established, or did I just forget? Because he was such a non-character for the vast majority of the show. Like, why does he if you want forgot, Kyrie specifically?
0: Look, if you forgot, then I did too, because I, I got nothing. As near as I can tell, it's one of those, oh, hey, that guy is really into this, and apparently super hates me, and that's super exciting for me, because I'm one of those villains who doesn't feel things, except the rush of battle. But, like, that's, I'm just getting that from context clues, it's never, I don't think it's made explicit, and if it is, I'd, Again, I don't remember. Yeah, like
1: it, it, felt a little like the the Zet Tokyo Ichigo thing, which was you know because he was just because uh, oh god, what was his name?
0: Light. Yeah. Right. Oh
1: my god. Yeah. I can't believe with with where I was going with this. I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, because you know he was just so vibrant, and Zet's whole thing was mm. light, and he's like, oh that guy's shiny. I want to see what's up with that though. Like, it felt kind of like it wanted to be that, but Zemigo just wasn't around anywhere near enough to make any kind of personal antagonism stick.
0: At least not on his part, because all he had to do for Kyrie was be the guy who did the thing. Which, like, he already did that, so... And it wasn't even personal, so... Uh, I-, I do kind of wish that we would have got more bits where Keichiro would be walking by and it's like, Hey, it's that weird-looking guy again. Huh, I'll just keep going cuz I I do got to say back near the start of the show I did love when Kichiro was just walking right by one of the main villains of the series and it's, huh, what a weird-looking fella. That's some that's some outlandish clothes. What a
1: strange cosplayer.
0: Moving on. <laughs> which that's beautiful. I
1: love that. That was a good bit and it's a shame that you know Zamigo was never around.
0: Yeah, cuz that would have been an amazing running joke.
1: Okay, so I'm sure that he had some idea what he was doing and that it was probably just aspirin, but Kyrie seeming to shove a just absolutely random handful of pills into his mouth might have freaked me out a little bit. Like, the kid's already super messed up, and I don't want him getting even more messed up from taking a few too many painkillers.
0: Yeah, no, that's... I mean, look, not to get all standards and practices here, because... You know, blah blah, sensors of childhood, blah, blah blah. Um that is an imitatable behavior, my dude. <laughs> and uh, the target audience of the show might then get some bad ideas about the proper way to uh, relate to painkiller painkillers and their dosages and how much you should pay attention because it's it's a very effective moment in the moment from an adult dramatics point of view, but I'm just like, "Mm, that's also a way that people attempt suicide, so maybe don't.
1: It's just like, I have like, I take painkillers for things, because sometimes my body is like, no, what if we don't function?
0: Yeah, flesh bodies are nonsense.
1: And, you know, like, you take different amounts of those depending on how much of a thing is in them at a time. So you don't want to just, uh you know, you don't want to just dump a a handful of 600 milligram pills into your hand and shove them in your mouth. You only want to take maybe one of those. Yeah. And again, like, I'm sure this was aspirin and was probably, you know, like, 200 milligrams of whatever, of, you know, like, ibuprofen or whatever at the most. And you can take, like, three of those. That's fine. And...
0: And yeah, and it's it's also like, hey, this is this is where he's at. He's lost his sense of self preservation, so that's why he's just like, okay, I need painkillers. Raw. It
1: just it it just it gave some bad feelings in my guts.
0: No, that's fair.
1: So it's dumb that Zemigo can just touch a person that's in the ice that he's got. Like he can just touch the ice that they're in and see all their memories. That's dumb. That's absolutely, like, last-minute retcon for him to know who he needs to use as bargaining chips. Because it's not like any gangler was ever trying to imitate the life of the person they were disguised as. Like, that's not a thing they did. So, like, where is this power coming Also, when did he realize that, like, this was- that they were after him specifically, and that he probably had people that they cared about? Because- That flashback where he's, like, doing it, there are, like, hundreds of people that he's got there. So how long did he spend on this? Is that why we didn't see him for months at a time? Because he was just walking up and down the aisles, looking through the memory of every single human he stole, trying to find the exact three ones he needed?
0: I will say, uh, if they would have shown him doing that throughout, I might be... bit better disposed towards him as a villain because on top of being yeah he's this cold hearted vicious monster uh that would also be the most creepy like sifting through the brains of people you've kidnapped and put on ice that's ooh, that is some next level serial killer stuff you know
1: yeah it just
0: that's like that's that's like the stuff the Zodiac Killer put in his notes about his victims. It's it's not quite that level, but it's it's like, yes, I will be reborn in heaven, and all that I have killed will be my slaves. Like, it's that level of creepy, and I wish it would be there, because then we could be like, oh man, Zamigo's here. Ah. Uh.
1: Yeah, just, like, I don't know. It's just super weird, and it's just, is that where he's been? Is that where he's been? It's, it's, because I guess that would explain it.
0: Yeah, but even though it would explain it, it's still like, mm, that's not a great explanation. Not very satisfying. Yeah.
1: Also, I'm mad that apparently Zamigo was the one turning people into disguises because that kind of body horror is Gosh's whole deal. And breaking up their awful, okay, I'm going to kidnap people and you're going to turn them into disguises and we're going to have fun with that. Like that kind of makes Gauche's whole presence feel kind of pointless because then what was she doing the entire time? Yeah. Like what, oh, was, the, very what was the what was the point of giving her that whole human experimentation like character trait if you're just going to also give it to this guy?
0: Yeah, I I choose to believe that the reason he's doing it is because he found her notes on how to like he's he's not doing it the whole time, he's doing it now. Why? Because she's dead, and he he can only do it because he found her notes, or they hung out, and like that was how they were friends. You know how sometimes like you you go over to a friend and you like play Dungeons and Dragons or whatever.
1: Yeah, I might have an idea Gosh or two is like, about
0: that. Yeah, Ghost is just like, hey Zemigo, let's go hang out. Oh, what are we gonna do? Well, I've you've got all those humans, right? Uh huh. Let's shuck them like an ear of corn. And we'll use their flesh to disguise our bodies when we go and play in the boss's game out on Earth. Ghost, you're a mad genius. Like that, I like that sort of that sort of how I'm doing it. He he wasn't really sure how to how to do it himself, and he would let her do it. But you know, she's dead now. Yeah,
1: like she would do it, but he kind of picked up the tricks, and he's like, "Hey." I can use that as a threat now that she's gone.
0: Yeah. Just, it is a shame they didn't show, again, it's a shame we didn't see more of him, otherwise, so that this could matter more. Yeah. Because I just really want to have seen more bits of them just chillin' and being super mega awful evil body horror people together.
1: That's fair, because I also want that.
0: Especially, especially since they've got all these times where she's just experimenting on, like, Porter or the awful Gerbil Frankenstein things. Sorry, I just... They were... Anyway, but... I, I would have loved to see them just rolling together, having conversations while she's, like, carving someone apart. She gets surprised by a thing he says, and then she gets really mad at him, because, well, now it's dead! Look, you made, I gasped, I slipped, and now it's dead. Thanks. Oh, hey, I'm really sorry. Here's. I'll get you another. Here's another one.
1: Here's a new one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just, because th- just that kind of casual disregard for life, and it's just showing, hey, these people are awful. Also, they're best friends, but let's not forget that even as we are charmed by their friendship, they are Terrible, because I just—I really like the thought of. Well, now this one's dead. Way to go! I've got another. You, Fine.
1: You know I've got more of them.
0: You're gonna run out eventually. <laughs> I've got enough so that you don't have to worry about that for a bit. Ah, uh, come on! I'll let you. I'll let you do the first cut. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be fun. It's like
1: they're. They could have been so interesting, and we just didn't do anything with that. Um, so,
0: Man, it is w- I hate... weird to be, like, opening up about all the bad stuff when I know that we're just going to be singing these episodes praises, but man, amigo. I'm sorry, you it's,
1: were- uh, It's hate to have anything bad to say about 51, and none of it's from even really any standpoint that matters with the content of the episode- but as much as that, like, opening shot of, like, the whole seven of them was really cool, it kind of felt like they hung on it and the title card just way too long. Like, it it was 20 full seconds from when we see the show's logo, which is after the, like, solo, the, like, solo portraits. Which are really cool. Yeah, no. Say. Like, you, you do, like, the solo portraits, and then they hang on the show's logo for, like, 10 seconds, and then they hang on that group shot, which is a completely still photo, for another ten seconds, and that's just a lot of time to be hanging on still images, and it felt super awkward.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. I, I get that they're trying to get us hype, and, and really drive home, hey, this is the last you're going to be seeing of them, but all it really did was get me impatient, because I mean, look- Episode 50 did end with the Lupins trapped in the Void Park inside of DeGranio with no way to escape, and the Pat Rangers about to fight DeGranio, who, by the way, has the powers of all of the collection. Yeah, it just, like, even I'm cutting
1: hyped. it in half would have been better, but even, like, five seconds each on those two things feels too long.
0: Yeah, it really does. So,
1: I don't, I don't know. It just it it felt very weird to hang on that for a full 20 seconds.
0: Yeah. It did. I don't know You're, if yeah. maybe
1: during that they were they did like the sponsor thing and the rips that overtime used just didn't have that. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But it felt super weird.
0: Yeah. No, it it didn't. It did not flow. Especially when I'm like, "Hey guys, I'm hype already. Get to the thing. Do the thing. I want to see the thing. Uh, speaking of things that we want to see, though, uh, let's let's get into the good stuff and uh, make yourselves comfortable, dear listener. Yeah, there's a lot.
1: So going going into forty nine, my heart breaks for Katro, who's just they started off being like, "Oh, y'all y'all go do whatever. Uh, you keep looking into whatever. I'm gonna just." Cool off of it. Because, you know, he's always been this guy wearing his heart on his sleeve and just throwing himself head first into everything, whether or not that's a good idea, and most often it is not. And he just finally he's like, you know what, I need to just sit and take stock of everything, work this out before I do something I regret.
0: Which Honestly, is such a great way to show how much he's grown over this last year. He's he's not flying off the handle. He's not yelling. He's not breaking stuff. He's not Andre Lupin. It's just him taking responsibility for himself and his feelings, and and for how he reacts to things, and taking some time to cool off. And I love it. It was such a a small moment, but it did so much.
1: It was so—these episodes were really good for him.
0: Yeah, they really were.
1: Also, Kyrie being excited about, like, being actually a fugitive was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, for all we don't dip as much into how he's kind of just a little punk as, as I would have liked to have seen throughout the series— I do want to say, from what we've seen, of course he's excited about being a fugitive, because the only thing cooler than being a thief is being a thief on the run. Little little adrenaline junkie, it's it's really great. He
1: is adorable. I also love the bit of you know when Gradio and Zamigo are having their little confrontation. He's like, oh oh, you don't want to you don't want to take over? Well, fine. To heck with you kids! I'm gonna go outside and break some stuff. Like, the angry old man in me just relates to DeGranio so much.
0: Same. Same. Like, these kids on my lawn, they don't even know how to trespass right. What are they doing? Just, I almost want to just go outside and trespass myself, except I can't, because it's mine. But, being a little more serious, um, just DeGranio getting ready to, to throw down, and Zamigo just like, ah. Oh. That's that's real great, boss. I'm really happy for you. Like, them being all chummy, now that DeGranio is getting out there and doing the murders himself, I really like that. It it, it honestly makes me think of, of him and Ghosh. Like, Zamigo and DeGranio and Ghosh and Destreth, they must have been an absolute nightmare. Back in that, like, when DeGrania was still fighting his way up and they were just his little punk lieutenants. I like to think that he nurtured their individual talents. There's there's a little bit of him in all of them, which I imagine is just the bones. Man, now I have a I'm built, like, it.
1: Look, if you're gonna have little it, punk lieutenants, you gotta know they're gonna stay loyal because, you know, little punks. So just make them true. out of your own bones. Whatever. It's yeah. fine.
0: Hey, Ghosh had to learn her passion for impromptu surgery somewhere. <laughs> wow, that is a really dark origin story I have coming up with in my head. Let's move on, because, wow, I know I'm I'm often the let's-get-dark person, so, yeah.
1: The little confrontation between Sakuya and Noel about Noel really wanting to bring the two teams together and how important they are to him. Like that was really sweet and sad and I really feel for the guy because he had to know that no matter what he did this would happen. And he still was like, but I got to I got to try cuz I really want them all to get along cuz I love them. They're my friends.
0: I I love Noel. As as you've observed before, on paper he's everything we hate. <laughs> Just the worst. And yet. But also I was honestly impressed that I had a moment where Sakuya was kind of my favorite guy, because in that moment, the guy playing Sakuya sold it so hard. You could see all these, like, he was, well, I mean, you couldn't see, but, you know, acting. He was acting the heck out of having all these Dozens of emotional conflicts inside him. He's trying to figure out some way to not have to feel the things he's feeling, and man, he's so good. And then Noelle getting that helpless. I mean, I didn't. I was kind of hoping this wouldn't happen. (laughs) Like that was. It was so perfect. It was a great moment, and I'm actually kind of glad Sakiya was the one who got to confront him because. Everyone should get to, really, but Saki is the one I needed a little push to come around the rest of the way on, and that kind of did it for me. <laughs> I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's just this really good moment of, like, was this funny to you?
0: Oh, God, that was the- that was the- cruelest
1: bit. He's like, was this this all a joke to you? And he's like, no, man. This is what I wanted more than anything.
0: I know I seem like a haha boy, but I'm not. This is not funny for me. I wanted this. Ah. So good. They even brought me around on Sakiya here, man. Yeah,
1: no. I really didn't think they could do it. But they got us.
0: Yep. Yep. And, you know, look good on them. They- They worked at it. (laughs) Well, admittingly, a lot of it was they stopped having him be forefronted for a little, which was very smart. (laughs) Um, And then there was that uh, the next big confrontation in the episode where DeGranu just sort of shows up to throw down. And he's just like, hey, what's up? I'm giant now. Now I'm wrecking all your stuff. And just he just scatters everyone to the wind. And then you just get that bit with Kairi just waking up from unconsciousness and wandering around Tokyo, all busted up and bloody, and thinking he might be the last one of his team alive. That was that was some good good Sentai right there. Yeah. Him just just dragging himself and still trying to be the legendary thief in spite of the fact that his body just ain't working anymore because. As far as he knows, he might be the only one who can do it. Like, I am a simple creature. For all I like to talk about themes and rhythm and symbolism and how these things relate to various pop culture things of interest to me, all I really want is a good bit where the antihero is dragging himself broken and bloodied around and still intent on doing the job.
1: And then Keiichiro gets him. And it's, yeah, and you know he he just wants to have this argument with him, and he because Kyrie doesn't trust people, he betrayed Keitro and he wants Keitro to hate him because he hates himself for you know caring about this person and then having to hurt them. Just our boy, our boy Keitro is just like no, nah, that waits on me. Because it's his job to make sure Kyrie shouldn't have to do that. And it's his job to protect someone from taking these risks. And he can't be mad at someone else over the fact that he wasn't able to protect them.
0: Ah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful boy. Look, it's, it's my two favorite kinds of heroes on screen, having a heart-to-heart. The antihero who can't make sense of a world where he's not hated. And then the paladin type who's... Biggest problem is that the world isn't half as decent as it could be. He's just looking at the world like, could you be cool for a second, though?
1: Just like five minutes so I can eat lunch. Yeah, guys, just stop doing
0: all the crime. Stop hurting each other, and everything would be cool. Yeah, but I want things. Let me help you. Oh, but I want unreasonable things. Then I'm gonna put you in jail. Until you, until you scale your things down. Like... I, admittedly, that's not the very charitable way to put it, because it's it's he just wants to help people. I love him so much. It's earnest heroes rolling with anti heroes is probably one of my favorite things.
1: And then you know, Ketro catches up to him later when he's trying to find ZamiGo, and he's got he's got Kyrie by the arm, like Kyrie's held him uh. up by the arm, not just a couple of episodes ago. And I feel like that scene is one that's gonna kind of live within this show and be a standard that we hold emotional climaxes of Tokusatsu to in the future.
0: Yeah, that that, that tracks, because it was
1: really good. <laughs> Just Keichiro, whose entire character is built on his commitment to his job and to justice, saying that if his job is preventing him from helping someone in need, then he's turning in his badge. And that's, look, it's the strongest moment in the whole show. Easily, yeah. That moment is exactly who I've believed Kacher to be for this entire show and who he's kind of been building to. And for them to have that pay off so explicitly and directly it just it feels like a culmination of everything that we love about Keichiro and about the pot rangers
0: yeah and look if if Keichiro wasn't already one of tv's best police officers which easily he is uh that line would have got him up there cuz honestly on top of everything else i love his philosophy of what the police are for cuz that whole that whole ethos of no man if if things go bad enough where you have to become a criminal i have failed my job that's that's beautiful give me that over all of the macho nonsense any day of the week cuz it's it's not crushing Crime or or hating people who do crime. It's ensuring that people can feel safe and have a space in which to smile. And I I really hope that one day we meet his dad's Godai Ichijō. Cause uh, if dude doesn't kind of feel like the child of the public service heart of Kuga or some other uh Naruhisa Arakawa police drama, cause that man loves him some good hearted cops. I don't know what else I'd call it, cause. He's real good.
1: <laughs> he really does feel like a man raised by Godai and Ichijo.
0: Just, he just had to he just had to work out, his, figure out how to control his anger. And what, especially since, once you realize what's he angry at, it's not that he's an angry person. He's angry that everyone is jerks when they don't have to be. And, uh, mood. <laughs> Same hat, dude.
1: Yeah, feel that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because boy, I, I don't know about you, dear listener, but uh, sometimes you look out at the world and you just, you get furious at your impotence to just grab people and shake them and explain to them, hey, you should maybe care about another person. more." Th- and And then, after you care about one other person, figure out how to care about other people generally. And then it just becomes, I don't know how to tell you, I don't know how to explain that you should care about other people. And... Anyway, that's going to be me getting maybe a little too revealing, and there's a lot of good stuff to get through yet. So no, please continue, I'm sorry.
1: Um, revealing to the Lupin Rangers, both through kei to Kyrie, and then Kyrie to Toma and Umika, and the rest of the Pot Rangers to Noelle, had some really good timing, because we have this really emotional first half of the episode, where, you know, we kind of build out of... How much everyone wants to still be together in spite of these betrayals, and then transition so smoothly into hey, here's the main tension of the end of the show. And that's a tricky thing to nail, but Kater just yelling, hey man, no, we want to help you get your people back before they're killed. And just Kyrie being like, wait, what do you, what do you mean by implying they haven't yet been killed? And then just, like, that's a tricky balance to nail, and they got it. Yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, they did. It was, and honestly, Junko makes it look easy.
1: Yeah, and just, just having that moment where Kyrie does explain it, and Numika's just like, nope, 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 don't have the emotional strength for this today. I'm gonna go take a nap. Like
0: Which, that was. I mean, look,
1: that fell like perfectly between adorable and horrifically sad.
0: Yeah, that it was. It's really good. Seriously, this, these episodes, man. <laughs> just, I, I don't even have anything. I'm do continue. I otherwise, I'm just gonna say it was good.
1: And then Kyrie has this graduating moment where he's talking to Kaitra, and he's like. Hey, man, I can't be you. And also, you can't be me. And he spent this entire show seeing Keitro as this reflection of his brother, and not being able to live up to either of them, is the source of every insecurity kyrie has got. So having him finally come to a point where he's comfortable in his own skin, and comfortable expressing that he is ready to stand as his own person, and let both Keitro and his brother be their own people that are allowed to be flawed and real and people and not just idols for him to fail to emulate. Like, that's a really big moment for him. And I'm glad that he came to it.
0: Yeah, same. Same. And, like, the thing that it got me thinking of, uh, and hey, this is- everybody take a drink, I'm talking about Kuga again, um- it It is shades of Godai's, look, do what you can do. And it was such a good moment, and it's nice to have a show that I can compare to Kuga and feel like the comparison is not, like, a backhanded thing.
1: That brings me back to Gokaiger, actually. Ahim's first big episode, where Marvelous is like, hey, you don't have to be, like, a big, tough pirate. You just do you. And that's what we need. That's why you're here. You being you gives hope to any people that are like you, still out there suffering. Yeah. And, again, Komura comes out of that Gokaiger hole.
0: And Gokaiger's head writer was the same head writer as Kuga.
1: (laughs) These things... One thing leads to another.
0: Like, look... It's, it's not that I don't think uh, Kamura Junko has her own identity as a writer. She clearly does.
1: It's just you see where That's she learns from.
0: Yeah, yeah. You see her inspiration, and look, you could do worse! Because, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if y'all have got quite uh, got it since I've been on The Uncommon cast and Laser Knees. Uh, I think rather highly of Narisa Arakawa. <laughs> Big fan.
1: We we like him here on this show. Yeah. Um. Also, just to close out forty nine, the close up double transformation behind the big ice cube, that was pretty dang good. Like that's some good cinematic language, and I appreciate Sugihara Teruaki like busting out the big guns for the final episodes.
0: Same. Like, and and commenting on how good and powerful an image it is is actually saying something in a show that has been really good about having powerful visual moments throughout. It's just that this one had that extra layer of of meaning and stylization in the shots, and that was great, but... I I mean, honestly, Lupat has been a feast of visual storytelling. It really has. Uh, I Boy, the next series had better keep some of these camera tricks, that's all I'm saying.
1: Uh, rolling on into fifty, I'm glad we opened this episode with Goody being like, "Yeah, okay, maybe Dograño got the uh, got the upper hand on me once, but I can still bust on some mooks because Goody is precious, and you just you can't break that boy's confidence.
0: Nope, that's why he is the goodest of all strikers, even even as apparently we're gonna be meeting a new striker later on uh who who you know does some stuff that's worth doing uh." Goody remains the best.
1: He's a pretty okay striker. But Goody is yeah, the I mean, goodest he's not a, striker.
0: He's not a bad striker. By any means. But, uh, I'm just saying, even though Jackpot Striker has a crown on his car form, uh, Goody just has one in his heart.
1: Look, Goody's got several hats. So, he's already won the race here.
0: Again, the only problem I have with Goody is that they didn't give him more hats. Well, Fireman hat, bike helmet, pilot goggles. He could- I'm sorry, that's- hmm, I better shut up or I'm just gonna get- I'm just gonna run off on that tangent.
1: Yeah, no, now- now- now I just want Goody with so many hats. These are things that I, I hope, need.
0: I hope that- well, we we'll, we'll- I hope that he gets hats. More hats- after the show and, and like, between the end of 51 and the epilogue. I'm just going to assume that happened.
1: I do have to give Komara credit, though. Starting this episode with, you know, the really high tensions of the fight that we left Kairi in. And Umika and Toma breaking out of the hospital and into the global <laughs> police office. And Noelle, like, going to kei and being like, hey, I need a favor. It's gonna put your team in a lot of danger, maybe. But... I need this. Like, that's a great walk into the second to last episode. Yeah, it is. Like, we are out the gate, and it is just going. Um, and just the, the quick turn in the police office of Sakuya and Tsukasa, like, pleading with Toma and Umika, like, if you go, you're gonna get yourselves killed, just go back to the hospital where you'll be okay, and then be like, no man, we c- we can't. How risky this is is exactly why we have to go because Kairi's already doing it. Like, that was that was amazing. And then just Tsukasa and Sakiya putting the, the versus changers on the table and that whole, like, hey, come back alive. Y'all too. Like, it's a moment you know was gonna happen from episode one of this show because that's the context of this show is a setup for that moment. But for all the tension we've built in these episodes, it's the moment where the final wall between the two teams comes down. They're not one team, but they're people who see eye to eye and ha- know they have the same objective and want to protect each other.
0: It's, it's very like is proper Lupin and Zenegata modern Lupin and Zenegata, you know,
1: mm.
0: like, Hey, what's up? Uh, we aren't on the same side exactly but we want the same thing let's do this and and which i appreciate because it's it's also that low-key admission that obeying the law and doing the right thing aren't always the same and it's a really good way to illustrate it because for all i i can definitely dig on the the concept of no compromise even in the face of oblivion um Folks who will break their oaths at the right time for the right reasons. I, I really love it. And not that any of them were super-duper by the book anyway, but Sakuya and Sukasa both approach their duties with a kind of seriousness, especially Sukasa, and that makes it even more powerful when they bend those rules, or arguably break them. It's,
1: it's a really powerful moment. Speaking of, man, they give Umika some of the best moments in this show. They do. And I'm kind of grateful because, hey, remember that big last man standing promise we built the foundation of our team upon? Man, forget that bunk. We're in this together. Like, that's such a good moment, and I'm so glad it was hers.
0: Me too. Me too. She did- It's not that she didn't get many good moments, she actually got quite a few, but that's- that's when you don't often see- the the girl in the team get, or maybe you do. I I don't feel like it is, but I'm sure there are examples. Please don't ask. Look
1: me. in a show with two reds. Yeah, I feel like they yeah. give they give Umika a good amount of moments,
0: but it also means that uh, the Lupins, much like the Pat Rangers, get to go back on their duty as well, because they know that Kyrie's important and they gotta save him. Because whatever whatever the promise. No, dude, you matter to us. And besides, like, they also want to go and murder Zemigo, and uh, that's that's also very important.
1: Um, and then Kyrie just, like, kind of being like, mm, why am I so popular all of a sudden? Why do you all like me? <laughs> and just having to, like, gruffly accept that there's a lot of people that love him and want him to be safe and to protect him. And, you know, he he doesn't know how to deal with it, and there's not really time to figure it out, so he's just gonna kind of, like, shake it off
0: yeah that's uh that's hashtag relatable <laughs> that's that is a real feel
1: I also i just i also appreciate the small moment of levity in the police office of all of the pot rangers being like separately being like whoopsie doopsie we sure did accidentally let the entire lupin ranger team get some real important stuff and then get away that definitely wasn't on purpose cuz we don't ca- we absolutely don't care about them or anything And it's just kind of this big moment of them all being surprised with each other about what they did. And kind of capitalizes on that moment between Keitro and Kairi of, I'll turn in my badge. Because it makes it clear that all three of them are that person. And all three of them are here to put helping people above the letter of the law.
0: Yeah, which is, uh, again, I love that. And also, I really appreciate the bit where you kind of see Hilltop getting it. He's he's not quite on the same page because, look, he's got a different relationship to the Lupins and a different set of responsibilities. But at the same time, he too has the dedication to do what is right, even as he's clearly aware that, oh, it's, the paperwork is going to be hell. Like, I imagine just Jim over here like, look, dude, I like them too, but ugh, you're killing me here. It's a good thing I'm a robot and I'm not technically alive because I can't die.
1: Ugh. So this is a very small, insignificant thing in the grand scheme of all of these episodes, but I love that they took not only the time to, like, cover up the broken window with a cardboard box, but <laughs> that they have a global police-labeled box.
0: Uh, it it is It is such dedication to the theme and to making sure that you you connect how big things are. Because, like, look, if you were wondering, is the GSPO big enough to have their own labeled boxes? Yes. Yes, it is. And I imagine they're going to get yelled at by their by the boss from that one episode, and that's fine, too. But, yeah, I, it is a really cute bit.
1: Also we don't care about fighting fair, we're phantom thieves, is 100% Gomura pulling back to her Gokaiger days, because I feel like that's the exact line the Gokaiger's used in, like, episode one, just with thieves instead of pirates.
0: Yeah, it really does. And I think they also said it near the end, because after, after we watched Lupin 51, we went back and watched Gokaiger, like 52, I think it was. And there's there's a couple lines that are that are pretty close to that. Though I will say, like in the moment, the thing I thought of first was uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean film, where there's that exchange uh, where it's all you cheated, pirate man. Remember when you could be excited for a Pirates of the Caribbean sequel? Oh, those long gone Halcyon days. But hey, Lupin Rangers and kiders are so eager to step into the gaping, sucking void left by that series, and I'm happy to let them because, uh, they're
1: way better. They truly are. Also, I know we've mentioned it a little bit, but man, the the two fights that are going on have some gorgeous camera work. That that low camera rising and arcing over the top of the Lupin's Amigo fight is such an iconic Sentai camera. And this was such a good use of it.
0: Yeah, it It really wasn't. It's nice to see Lupot going out like it came in, with high energy, fun camera work, and some really good choreography. Like, just in case, it's almost like the director just, hey, you're gonna miss me when we're gone. And, uh, yeah, I think we are.
1: (sighs) Yeah, we definitely are. Also the, the bit of Kyrie accidentally freezing Noel with Zamigo's gun and then letting him out right behind Zemigo so he could unlock the safe was great. They got me on that one. I thought we were gonna have Noel as like an extra hostage for the final episode. I didn't see it coming that they would remember how to also let him out.
0: Yeah, and it was such a good move, and a fair play one too, which I always appreciate. Because as much as I like a good power of friendship just makes it happen, it's also cool when, no, they were just smart. And, like, look, I know I make we make a lot of Lupin the Third comparisons here. It's, again, the, the name invites it. Even though the Lupin Rangers are definitely their own thing, but it does seem like, it, it feels like something you'd see in one of the, the big Lupin movies. He just, he pretends he sold out like Jigen. So that he could have Jigen in place at just the right at, in just the right place later on it it just felt like such a good lupin move it is very lupin just and it's just so sick, man <laughs> just I love it
1: speaking of take good care of the world for us is an absolutely killer line yeah, it was that is it is killer. And I admit, on my first pass, it didn't even occur to me what the Lupins handing off Dial Fighters to the Pot Rangers meant. But, like, on a second pass, man, they knew they weren't coming back from that.
0: They, look, they know what they're about. And they don't have to have a big old Hamlet about it either. Ah, oh, whether it is no blood in the mind, no, no. They're just going to see this through. 100%. And I, man, that was a good moment.
1: Also, the trigger machines being able to lock the safes feels like a thing that I should be mad about, like, in the same way that I'm mad about Zemigo being able to see memories of people in the ice. But it works so well thematically that I'm like, that's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah. Because, you know, the Lupin Rangers and the Pot Rangers are kind of two sides of the same coin, and thus their vehicles are the same way. A thief breaks in and takes what's inside, An officer locks dangerous things away so that they can't do harm. It's a mechanic that was completely unnecessary for them to be using at any earlier point in the show. But it works so well that it feels like this really great last minute turn. Yeah,
0: yeah, because I was the same way kind of when it happened, like, but then immediately you just like everything clicks into place without them having to explain it. It's it's subtle and obvious in that way that I love because I I really like when things manage to somehow be a brick hitting you in the face and yet also subtle. It's not a thing that should work and yet it does.
1: And then you just you know they do it and they they Kyrie beats Amigo and the two of them are out of the ice and. Kyrie just throws himself into the arms of his teammates and they're laughing and crying and rolling around on the ground. And it was just about more than my heart could take. Because, uh, you know, again, they've had that big last man standing promise and they've stayed sort of emotionally distant from one another for pretty much the whole show. So seeing them get to finally like lean in and feel things and really like be the Lupin trio... It was a great moment, and I've got to hand it to all three actors, because they sold the moment. It, the three of them being like, oh man, we did it, and just leaning into each other. They sold that moment. They did. And then capping that off with, but they're still locked in a near-hell purgatory, and the only escape is death was a great reminder that the show isn't over and that there's one more episode and you guys they made that episode count.
0: They really did. And and look, I'm just I'm going to take us back just a sec uh cuz yeah, on top of the Zamigo fight being incredibly cathartic, which like look, is saying something cuz like we were saying at the top of the show uh, Zamigo has not really been around enough to be a major villain, but in the moment, I I was invested enough, and I was so happy for them to just have it done. Which, like it, it also lets the Lupins have that that wonderful way to cap off their story, because hey, we get to we get to take out the guy who took our our loved ones from us while still letting the Pat Rangers get an ending of their own in the next episode. Because, like, I know that, that you especially were worried at the start of the show that they'd have the Lupins steal the spotlight away from the Pat Rangers. So, for me at least, it was kind of a massive relief to see them getting right out of the way of the Pat Rangers having their own major finale in the big fight in 51.
1: Yeah, that was a really big worry of mine for maybe the first half of the show. And, you know, honestly, the thing I'm most impressed by in this show in its entirety is that the Pot Rangers never felt sidelined. Never once did I feel like they got the short end of the stick. There was always a really clean balance. And even if this last fight had just been all Lupin Rangers, I I probably would have been a little disappointed, but, like, I get it because so much of the plot is about the Lupin Rangers getting back what's theirs, where the Pot Rangers are like, this is our job. So I would have been like, that's reasonable. But the fact that they got to be... They got to have such a big part in the final fight was so good. Because if that... If the show hadn't kept up that balance, if I'd spent this whole show... Feeling like the Pot Rangers got sidelined, the show would have gotten really old, really quick. Yeah, and I don't know I, if I could have done it.
0: Well, honestly, like even as even as someone who temperamentally is is much more for the the Lupins, yeah, it would have sucked because if if they aren't a major through line through the show, what are they doing here, right?
1: Yeah, just make it Lupin Ranger. You did it with Gokiger, yeah. like the Gokigers didn't need police chasing after them. Yeah. they just got to be and anti-heroes. So just do Lupin Ranger, but they they really kept that balance and they made the Pot Rangers count. There was always a reason for them to be in this show,
0: which is great cuz again, against like I was dragged kicking and screaming into loving hero. but I do again, like they had they had that one episode about him just Hey, a girl really likes him, and he really likes that girl. Yeah, but I I can't do two things at once. I just and like boom I'm there. Oh man this show's been good.
1: It really has. So let's let's do it. Let's roll into the finale. Yeah,
0: <sighs> yeah let's do this
1: seeing the Lupin Rangers just resigning themselves to die because they're inside Dograño, and clearly the police have to get rid of Dograño to protect the world, and then just laughing off their own inevitable deaths, was a punch to the guts. Especially after, you know, how much of the last episode was, hey, we all have to come back alive. It's just such a good last episode of Sentai feeling.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because they've Honestly, I will say they did the coolest one way or another. We're ending this I've seen in a long time. Cause honestly, what's cooler than hey, what's up? We're gonna go to an inescapable hell void to fight our nemesis to save the people we care about. But what about you? What about us? Like saving our people is the point. Living is an extra, and it's and then seeing them get to live for again what they think is pretty temporary. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, it was good. And then meanwhile, back outside Degraño, the Pat Rangers get the no-helmet roll call I'd been wanting. And apparently, Kimura Junko and Sugihara Tarawaki just want to get on my good side and stay there for these last episodes, because they were just, they're going down the checklist of, hey, what are things Alof likes? Done, done, done. Here it is. Because I mean, the Lupins had their had their no helmet henshin back when they were revealing their faces, and now we get the this one with the Power Rangers here at the, in the last episode, and it was.
1: And they they do get the untransformed roll call at the end.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but they were they were like it's them posing, and then they transform, and that's not the same as the no helmet. Oh yeah, it's, no, it's a. It's a very, like, it is such a small difference, I know, and it is a stupid one. It is stupid that it matters to me. But it's there. Yet here we are. But look, I'm not discounting how cool an entrance that was. (laughs) Because that was, that was one of many just amazing moments in 51. (laughs)
1: So of course Devrano has a cane sword. Of course he yes! does. We were absolute fools to ever even conceive that he might not. And just that shot, that like really low angle shot of Noel just holding his cane. And then he just, he just turns and pulls it out. And and then swings it. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Just flip, flipping sick, man. Because yeah, like you said, of course it's there. But what a reveal right? Because they could have made it a big, like, and now here's my sword. No, it's offhand. He's just like, oh, yeah, I've got another thing that is deadly and will murder you to death. Just because on accident. Why not?
1: Frankly, Decreuses. I had forgotten about it until now. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> How'd you forget about your a sword, cane? Uh, because I have a billion other ways to murder you. He's such a good end boss, and it's such a good end boss fight, because it feels hopeless. And, I mean, what what do you like more in an end boss fight, in a Sentai, than how are they going to do this? How, they don't have a prayer, am I going to watch these people die? Because, I mean, like, look, last year we definitely watched most of them die, and then the ones we didn't watch die we knew subtextually definitely did. Which again is a is a relief because I didn't want to watch the, the Q Sky Blue kid die.
1: Yeah, cause... but God, that shot of balance in Naga. Ah!
0: <laughs> but this is this is honestly this is head and shoulders above most Sentai end fights. Which is which is saying something, because that includes uh the Gokaiger one, which is a favorite, but it's not quite a fight in the same way
1: yeah no like this was there is just so much here and then you've got that where you've got the moment where literally all is lost they are tied down there are like flaming spikes flying at them and then Kyrie busts out the collection book which is such yeah. an amazing po- like i had forgotten about it and even if i Thank hadn't i wouldn't have assumed Kyrie had brought it with him But what better way to steal the entire rest of the collection than from inside the safe?
0: Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it shouldn't work. It should feel like nonsense. But they set it up a while ago. And even though we couldn't see it on him when he went in, it's like any other bit of their stuff. It's there, and if you need to see it to know it's there, you're doing it wrong. Because look, they're phantom thieves. They know how to hide stuff. That's what they do.
1: And then and then they do it, and they're like, okay, he's got nothing left. We put everything, including our weapons, into the book. And they just lay back and wish their loved ones well as they wait for death after giving one last middle finger to Dugranyo.
0: Yeah, dude. It was just, eh. oh, what a good moment. Because there's, again, like you were saying, there's nothing for them to do but wait for death. Because there's no way out for them, and any of the ways they could have used, they put them in the book. Because they want this done, and they want it done right. And honestly, like, done right is how I will forever describe that moment. Because, oh boy, (laughs) that's that's one that could have sunk like a rock.
1: Yeah, but...
0: In fact, it probably should have.
1: But just, man, those three kids sell it.
0: I, again, for, I know back in episode one, I was like, I'm not sure about the kid playing Kyrie. Yeah, okay, I, he grew I have into already it. said I was wrong.
1: He grew into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he
1: really did. He, he found his stride in this show real quick. He did. And once he got going, he did not stop. And even mm. even if Kyrie is like kind of the character I connected with the least, like I will not deny that his his moments when they're good, they're good, and he earns them.
0: Yep. Which, like, man, what else can you ask for?
1: Katro grabbing Dograño by the chains and just flinging him into a wall was probably the coolest bit of the final fight. And yeah. Is. Was really the first real sign that without the collection, we were getting the upper hand on the big bad?
0: Yeah, but it... Not even but. And also, it it felt so earned. Because even though they got that upper hand, DeGranio is no slouch. Which, I, I really appreciated it. Because that fight still felt so vicious, even after he's depowered, and I loved
1: it. it. They went... The three of them, the four of them, because Noel was also there, they went all in on that fight. There was no yeah. holding back. And I'm really glad that Keitro got to be Super Petra and Ichigo one time before the end of the show. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still a little bit sad that it got taken away from him, because I love him, and I feel like he deserves a power-up. But no. it's it's nice that they let him do it once and then sukasa and sakiya stepping in to brace him and through sheer force of will and dedication to justice and love for their friends they upgrade the power up to a team bazooka <laughs> like that was a plus
0: yeah yeah it really was uh, especially that that bit where they they have to hold him in place cuz the energy is driving him backwards I love that kind of moment. They so good. They
1: catch him and it's just, oh, they're touching it too. Nope, it's all three of them now. Cuz y'all know I love a good team bazooka and have lamented the lack of one in recent years. And this one just came right from the heart. It was a bazooka made of the hearts of the three of them.
0: They have they have be they have done patron ichigo without becoming one person. Because they have become more than the sum of their parts. It's I don't know. It it was a really beautiful moment.
1: And I I appreciate that as the patron team reflects on their relationship with the Lupin Rangers, Sakuya remembers Toma and you know Toma calling him senpai first before he remembers anything about Umika. It takes a little bit of the sting off of the fact that it, the show kind of made Sakuya and Umika a thing after. How creepy he was about it at the beginning, because I still have my reservations about that. As much as I've come around on Sakuya, cause... I mean, look, I've
0: come around on Sakuya. We haven't come around on Sakuya and Umika as a pair. Yeah, it's that's
1: it's you can't erase the context of their early relationship, and I'm sorry. Though
0: it honestly, I will say, it would be a little better now that he knows she's a she's a criminal, because. <laughs> Oh hey no, you're not you're not hitting on sweet Umikachan down at the down at the cafe. No, this is hey man, if you if you step wrong, I'm just going to sneak in and just steal all your stuff.
1: Yeah, okay? It, okay. It it does make it a little better that he nothing really changes after he knows. Yeah but just that that whole bit of reflection that all of them had was really sweet and heartbreaking, and especially seeing Keichiro kind of struggling his way through it to that moment of Kairi literally being a weight on his back and then the fast tilt up and the gunshot right into the time jump. That is the kind of stomping my emotions into the dirt that I come to Sentai for.
0: Yeah, it is such good stuff. And I just, I love, I love that whole bit. <laughs> Sorry.
1: And and they know what the implications of that moment is. And they doubled down on it by having the first thing we see being, oh, here are the pot, the pot rangers are in the news and they're cleaning up the rest of the gangler. And here's each and every one of the Lupin rangers loved ones going about their daily lives without without the Lupin Rangers, but clearly still having them reflected in their lives, and then smash cut right to we chained Ogranya up in the basement with a billion guns until we could figure out how to save these civilians' lives. That was amazing. <gasps> yeah, dude,
0: Ed, that wrecked me. I didn't think I could love Kei more, but here we are. Because, like, look, there's there's a lot to be said about Every other part of it, but I'm just going to hone in on the, the DeGranio bit for a sec, because I got a lot of fiddly and nuanced and very specific feelings about use of violence in superheroic settings and who you can and can't fight and how lethal you can be and so on and so forth. Because, like, look, a lot of these things end with the bad guy getting exploded. So after a certain point, you kind of have to accept that that's just what's going to happen. But in this one, they they beat the bad guy, and DeGranio is helpless. And while nobody, even me, who just, like, I just started with that big old preface about how I care about how violence is presented in this show, would have blamed Keichiro for pulling the trigger and just ending that dude. They, everyone, like, Hilltop is there, like, look, if you do... I'll take responsibility for it. It won't fall down on you. His teammates, they're they're understandably at, yeah, dude, do it. But instead, he makes the choice to arrest that guy like he would anyone else. He's not a god. He's not a monster. He's not a demon. He's just another dude who did some crime. So he gets arrested, and he goes on trial, and he goes to jail. And that just, oh, that put a smile on my face.
1: Our boy ain't gonna let a single innocent person die, even if it means keeping a baddie that bad alive. Mm-hmm. Like, we finally got it, Aleph. We finally got a big bad being left to rot in jail for their crimes.
0: <sighs> so no, I didn't think I would see the day. They're just... Yeah, it's beautiful. And they're just they're just doing all the stuff Drive shoulda, oughta did. But they're going about it in a way that, unlike Drive, is not absolute garbage. That's our Pat Rangers, man. Yep, best tokusatsu cops. I know that there's a lot of Dekaranger Ranger fans. I'm not... I'm not saying anything bad about Dekaranger, Ranger, except that Pat Ranger is better than them. I'm sorry they are. They brought someone in alive. Also... Like, that bit we get in the epilogue, where we talk about how there are those remnants of the Gangler organization. Okay, this is a little fiddly world-building thing for me, that I frequently get hung up on. I, too, am mortal, after all. But massive organizations, be they organized crime or an empire, don't just disappear because the person in charge goes away. Everyone in there want to be the person in charge, which is probably what DeGrania was hoping to avoid in the first place with this competition, come to think of it. Because honestly, when I saw them think about it, it's much better to go, hey, one at a time, just go and wreck the human world best. And the one who does it best gets the chair. How's that? Because that's a lot easier than stepping down and watching them all murder each other, trying to grab the chair for themselves. But he didn't declare a winner, so of course everyone is just pouring into the power vacuum. But no one can properly earn their place, so they're just gonna fight each other and scramble to recapture Old Glory and, of course, get got in the process. And it is it is a small thing and likely exists largely to set up the the epilogue's ending scenario, but uh, it was a really good way to do it. Real smart.
1: Speaking, speaking of that ending fena- scenario and the big final twists in this episode the Lupin Rangers breaking out of the inescapable safe, and that they were broken out by none other than their loved ones turned phantom thieves to repay the life-saving, that was one of the most amazing twists I've seen a Sentai pull. Right? I've been trying-
0: Like, honestly, I think we could have done this whole episode just about that moment, right?
1: God, we could have. Because to do such a big thing in the epilogue, Which in a Sentai is normally so passive and relaxing and is your kind of moment to finally unwind after a full year of a show and the big climactic battle. Like, back in Q-Ranger, we just kind of saw everyone hanging out. We were just like, hey, this is where everyone's at right now. Um, Good for them. And that's what it is in a Sentai. That's what it always is. And pulling such a big move... He's so bold, and Komura deserves so much praise for having the guts to go through with it.
0: Absol- yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, I absolutely lost my mind when Jackpot Striker is like, Oh, these three thieves came and got me, and he gives a little gesture, and they turn around, and you're seeing the slow walk, and the the cuts and then the moment of realization on everyone's faces, and especially the way that Tomas goes from shock to adoration for his absolutely beautiful fiancé before everyone is just running into the arms of their loved ones. Y'all, that killed me, and I'm now podcasting from beyond the grave. Because I knew this couldn't end without the Lupins being reunited with their loved ones, but I didn't expect that was how they were going to do it, and it was an absolutely perfectly choreographed moment.
0: Yeah, same. Cause I didn't, I didn't see that coming either. Cause I saw the shadows walking, and for a second, I, you know, not really thinking. I was just like, "Wait did did the Pat Rangers switch sides? Is that what they're doing?" And then I noticed that there were two ladies, and it took me just another fraction of a second, and then me and my partner were just like, "Oh, oh!" Just practically jumping up and down on the couch, like like some children or something just honestly seeing all of them looking all swag with the phantom thief masks of of their uh respective counterpart oh it was so good and also as as my partner pointed out to me it also makes it absolutely clear that our heroes aren't the only people capable of being heroes they aren't involved in an imbalanced thing with their partners or, or friends or you know their loved ones it, it's we saved you you've saved us and it's it's great especially given how much kyrie had all those feelings about ah oh, my brother's such a good dude and he always does the right thing and and he's really straight and and stand up and so on and then we see that the the straight and stand up dude yeah he's going to go be a phantom thief cuz He's a good guy, and phantom thieving is not bad per se. It just, I don't know, it, it's really cool that we see that they're as into it as the Lupins.
1: Yeah, it's, it's another drop in that Kyrie learns his brother is a real person and not just an idol that he's failing to live up to, Bucket, that I just, I really love about these last handful of episodes. Because he's just yeah. like... My my brother's the same kind of person I am. He's willing to do whatever it takes to save me. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, yeah.
0: And also, like, okay. Just, I'm sorry if I'm being a creep here. Uh, I, I, Sono, I, I trust you to let me know or edit this out. Um, is Phantom Thief outfit, I am honestly and legitimately surprised that Toma just, didn't faint dead away cause a uh, dang
1: yeah no like dang girl like I nearly did cause Aya
0: right <laughs> you, you thought you liked Aya before <laughs>
1: like I feel like if Tomo weren't so overcome with oh my god my wife exists and I get to like be around her like he probably would have
0: And and no one could have blamed him but yeah, no, the the whole like, oh goodness, I have to see if this is real, hug, hooray! Ah, it's just, it's so good.
1: And then we just lean, we like, we come out of that flashback and lean full into Lupin the third in the final moments, with like, but wait, wait, why are you all still thieves? And just like, we roll into that fight, and like, yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta get the thing. We gotta get the last piece of the collection, that's our job. And,
0: and then we're coming for yours.
1: And just the dynamics of how everyone plays off of each other, because you've you've got Umika and Sakiya still kind of, like, flirting in the middle of the fight, and Tsukasa and Toma a little bit going after each other, but mostly using each other for some sick acrobatics. Yeah, dude. And then, you know, of course, you know, Lupin and Zenigata themselves. It's just, it was the perfect way to finish off the show.
0: Yeah like there was the the way i put it is there are many ways they could have ended this show but this was the only way they could end the show cuz like you're saying it is it is not perfect and the the only problem is i wish toma and sukasa had had more time during the show to be like bouncing off each other like that and even then, that doesn't hurt the moment, because in the moment, it is flippant sick. Yeah,
1: it it is a little- it's very interesting that Sukasa and Toma are just kind of the other ones, because you've got the two reds, who are obviously rivals, and then you've got Umika and Sakuya, who've got this kind of, like, flirting from a- flirting- from across the aisle sort of thing. And then it's basically just Tsukasa and Toma, because they're the only ones left, which is usually a role reserved for just the girls. Yeah. and it's, yeah, You don't it's often very, see
0: the blue getting that.
1: It's usually just like, and then there's the girls. So it's, it's very interesting the way those two kind of played out. And I wish we kind of had really leaned into it more uh, over the course of the show, but... Even the, the times they did interact were great.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and then just to to get back to the subject, like, honestly, just getting all that and a return to Honore Lupin's, just as we, as we close it out. Uh-huh. And just, they, they set up so much more story that they may or may not ever actually show us, and they don't
1: need to. But god, I wish they would.
0: Same. Same. But they don't need to, because, yeah, we know how this goes now. What is the last job? Well, the last one is Lupin's versus Pat because you have the last pieces, and that puts you on our list, guys. Like, that's... What a brilliant ending.
1: It's
0: such a move. And and they could have done I mean honestly I, I keep hoping that they will do like net movies or something, or or just um movie some versus cinema just showing that year break. So we can see uh, their the, the second round of lupins and anyway, we'll we'll get into that later, but like you said it perfect way to end it. Um, and from there, speaking of perfect endings, let's get to our last look at the Lupin collection.
1: This is, this which, is a big one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a few. I'm going to start with the collection piece. We see Kyrie Lasso out of the sky and just kind of like mess around with. And that is the scope shot from Bokenger, which is also on the table in the opening and was one that I was waiting this whole show to get to see. <laughs> Um, I believe Bokenger is the show with the most collection pieces, which is, uh, that's just that's something, possible. that's just something I'm keeping in my heart. Because it has the, the Accelular, the, um, the steering wheel they use, the scope shot, and I feel like possibly and Silver's Changer, but I may be incorrect about that. Uh, I didn't feel like going and looking back through every- every episode to see if that was true but um i feel like his was there uh the ones that we see appear on the shelves which i believe are the same ones that dogragno took from the guinea pig monster are gogo5's v-mode brace signalman's uh signizer from car ranger the head of zhao longbao's cane from q ranger and in the back, we see a red one appear on the shelf that's not very clear, but I believe it is Deca Break's signal brace, because uh, we do get a slightly better look at a red thing Kairi is carrying when they're putting the pieces into the book, and that looks like the signal brace. In that shot, we also see Toma handing what I think is cut the cake, which was Byakoshinken from Dairanger, um, which we, we had talked about in the last episode, to Umika. Uh, just based on the shape and colors but it's at a weird angle so it was hard to tell. Kyrie is also wearing a large gold bracelet with a green gem that is part of the power up items from Gingaman. I couldn't find a name for it, but it they they say a thing and they get that and then they get they can do the power up. Um I'm not sure if this is a collection piece. It could be because they had the book and it's the only place I can think that they would get something from. But I'm not sure because it didn't do anything. But when Umika is cutting Toma's hair, which by the way is adorable. I love yeah, that yeah. Umika's just giving Toma a haircut. Um what he has around his neck that I think they're using as like a a hair catch is the mantle from for the cape from the Magi Ranger suits?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, look. I'm not even going to crow, but I did recognize that, which not very de- not very hard, but
1: still, it, it took me a second because uh, they color a part black that isn't normally black on the suits. So I thought for a second it might be something else, but no, it's definitely that. They also put yeah. a little gem on the bottom that isn't normally there, but you know they do they do remodel these things for this because it's not you know exactly that, but. I did look down and I'm like, oh, that's a neat catch. That's definitely not what that's intended for as a piece of the Lupin collection, if it is one. But I appreciate you, I appreciate your ingenuity, Umika. Um There are a lot of collection pieces on the table in the opening that seem to have gone unseen. Um, since. But since many of them are more heavily remodeled than others because they remodeled them much more heavily early on in the show when they had more budget and time... There's also bad angles, and the shot zooms in as it crossfades from the shot of Lupin, and that obscures several of them. I was only really able to identify the Go Buster's Morphin Brace and Bat from Geki Ranger Wiki says that there's also the GoBuster Buster vehicle's uh, GTO2, which is Ryuji's, and BCO 4 which is Jay's, I believe? Uh, it might be jins, but I it could be jays. I forget which is which, as well as the powered custom visor. Uh, Cube Tiger and Cube Gorilla from Zooger are apparently there, as well as Orion Voyager from Q Ranger, and the Gabriel Changer, Mo Buckle, and Stagochi from Q Ranger are also stated by Ranger Wiki to be there, and I believe them, but it's. I'd hope to be able to identify more as well as some of the others we see floating around inside Degraño's safe, but there are just too many, and many of them are obscured by ca- by the camera or just have redesigns, and I don't recognize all of them. Even if some of them are familiar, there's a green and black what looks kind of like a saber, It's got like three gold balls on the end and then is made of green and black triangles and that looks super familiar and I don't know what it is. Um, If anyone would like to come tell me what that one piece is, please do. Because that one's gonna bother me because that one I feel like I definitely know what it is. And then of course we've got the final collection piece which we've seen at the center of the opening since the first episode and that is the, the clock thing. Uh, which seems to be based upon the torso of Battle Fever Jay's Battle Robo, except a clock oh. that is uh, turned to display nine thirty a.m., which is Super Sentai's morning time slot.
0: <laughs> oh, that's I'd not I'd not noticed that. That's great. Um, I, I will say, for my own part, I was just excited to see that the the guns or whatever we ought to call them. Are, you know, they're also collection pieces, and they're called Changer le Monde. And I'm sure anyone who actually speaks French is just wincing at that pronunciation. I'm very sorry. But I, I know just enough words to know that that means change the world, which, uh, not for nothing, that is an amazing name for those pieces. <laughs> um, and look, a uh, final thing. as as sort of my last uh, contribution to this, uh, I just want to let y'all know that that is likely named after an Eric Clapton song of the same name. Uh, But, you know, kind of whatever, because I'm just still at Change the World is what those things are called. That is amazing.
1: Um, I'm real glad we got to do this segment. It was a lot of fun. It was very fun figuring out what the collection piece was each week. Um, We got to have a little fun digging for references to past Sentai. Um, I really hope that, you know, maybe the next Sentai, you know, doesn't have something that's the exact same gimmick, but has something we can make into a fun little section to replace this.
0: I sure hope so, because sometimes you don't always have big symbolic thoughts about the main themes and whatnot that's going on. And it's nice to be able to have a thing to talk about, like the the lupin collection or the 10 and 2 conspiracy over on, on Cast.
1: Yeah, or back when we did uh the heroic icons. Yeah. Which Those was a were, lot of fun.
0: That was a lot of fun. I I look, whatever else happens, Sono, I'm still very enamored of the the TLDR on Oda Nobunaga.
1: I'm proud of that loves,
0: one. Yeah, loves guns, hates Buddhism.
1: Uh that is my claim to fame. It's a good one. Um and
0: and speaking of of like having big thoughts at things, uh time for our our ending thoughts on Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. Um I'm just going to start off cuz that's how I do cuz I just want to say like hot ah, dang was that a good sentai? <laughs> not again, not without some some kind of major pitfalls near the start, sure but that is the only thing that's going to do is keep it back from being what I'm going to call a truly great Sentai all the way through. But look, going week to week, that feels like a small thing over the course of the year. Cause whatever else we can say, it started strong and it ended stronger. And the only real complaints left are to wish for more time with any and all of the team. Cause they feel properly familiar now. You, you know them, you want to see more of them, you want good things for them. And as for where we can go from here, I mean, Ryu Solger is coming up, and and that should be fun. Uh, but man, this is a hard act to follow. I do not envy them this.
1: I don't blame them for taking a good month before we go into the new show to just be like here's a fun little crossover thing. Yeah. That we're going to do first.
0: Yeah. That's honestly I think that's a very smart idea and something they should do a lot more often because if you can get the actors back to have a little fun mini fanfic adventure, I think you I think they should. Also, um I I will say one thing for Ryu Soldier that I found out that should be a fun little through line is that uh, the head writer, who I I have been told is is Junpei Yamaoka, uh, also worked on an Inspector Zenigata miniseries that I've not seen. It's live action. I'm gonna go looking for it. Uh, so look... That much at least bodes well as far as omens go, you know? Um, but whatever happens, I just really hope there's a, a Lupot versus Ryu Solger v. Cinema because I want to see my cops and robbers again. Especially if we get to see that the Lupin Rangers have become a six-person team.
1: I would love that.
0: Quite yeah. frankly. And if if the Pot Rangers are a four-person team and are just like, why are there six of them now? <laughs> you guys
1: Stop! Stop, Noelle! Did we you know, we... know about this? He's like, mm, I might have a little bit. Look,
0: you you want to go hang out with them? No, we can't go hang out with them.
1: Are but you sure?
0: Thomas cooking? No, we can't. They're criminals. No, they're people who do crimes. That's the same thing. You know it's not, Keichiro. rope. I just. I just. It's so good. Sorry. I'm. I'm doing the fanfic thing again. Try not to. And Sono, you. You do your overview.
1: Okay. I had. As we mentioned, I had my reservations going in. I was very afraid it was going to be unbalanced. And, you know, it would just be Lupin Ranger featuring some cops. And that we'd have to deal with another really unpleasant show about cops, because Drive has left me wary. I had no real sense of how we were going to relate to a team made of, you know, quote-unquote villains, because I didn't know how they were going to make that seem heroic. And
0: Especially not for, like, a young audience.
1: Yeah, and I was really unsure of what a Sixth Ranger would add to the dynamics of this one team versus the other. But Lupot managed to surpass my every worry and my every expectation at every single turn and gave me something new to love every single time. It had its stumbling points, and Sakia was a big one of those, but even he's going to be fondly remembered as I look back on this entry in the franchise in coming years. Because, like... Lupin Ranger vs. Pot Ranger was an incredibly ambitious project. It was something that has never been done, and they gave it to a second time showrunner, and that was a really bold move. They didn't give it to someone with years of experience like Arakawa. They gave it to Komura, who has experience, but she's led a show once but she really showed her chops and what she learned on the first go around and how to make that better and made a really beautiful product about people learning to trust people and being stronger together than you are alone. And, and that is,
0: that is sentai as hell. That
1: It is. And I love a net movie or four about Shori and Aya and Shiho and their year as Lupin Rangers searching for jackpot striker and I too deeply hope that in some future crossover this show is may be may or may not be in, that we see the three of them incorporated into the Lupin Ranger fold, even though Kogaray claimed that their duty as a team was over now that they'd gotten the other three home, and they you see them kinda of retire the masks. But that doesn't mean they have to stop. They're they're just putting those away for now. Either way, it's an idea that I'll carry fondly along with my memories of the show, and I'm gonna have a lot of fond memories. Because I don't know if Lupout oh, would be yeah. in my top five, but it would absolutely make my top ten Sentai. And I feel like it really, like, worked to earn that spot.
0: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Because, again, it's it's not quite a five-star show. It's not great. But it is... Very good. It is a like it is four and a half stars easy. Which like look for the Sentai I've seen that like I know four point five out of five doesn't like it sounds like a knock. It's not a knock. I have I'm a I'm a massive snob. I have very high standards. Even four point five is a tough is a tough rank ranking to reach for me, and like it is. There are not many Sentai that I've seen that are this good, and it's it's only a it's only some of those early missteps that that drag it down because <laughs> it is so close to being like a perfect series of Sentai
1: for for a show this ambitious to be this good yeah. is amazing like it, the the entire deck was stacked against this show
0: oh yeah and and we again we we taught you mentioned just now how we were kind of skeptical like oh and then they're gonna bring an extra guy in you don't need that and us uh, like i'm glad none neither of us are the sort to look ahead and try and find out what they're like before they show up because on paper it would have been just us like mm, no no don't do that Ugh. in fact I, yeah yeah i came very close to doing that anyway, and then he was just too good. Every time they could have bombed, they somehow pulled it out by the end. And there were so many places they could have bombed.
1: Like I said, the whole deck was stacked against this show. But they did it.
0: Yeah, they really did. And it does not hurt that they had what is probably one of the most interesting and dense and intense and emotional final episodes. Wow, 51. Just came out swinging. So do we have any other closing
1: thoughts, or? Just, it's, it's been a wild year. Yeah. And we made <laughs> it, it. We're here. It was great. I, I don't know anything about, what you call it?
0: A uh, Ryu Soldier.
1: Okay, that's the first time I'm hearing the name? Uh, I did watch the handoff, which was pretty cute.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's three it seconds. means
1: It means nothing, because yeah. they clearly have not yet established this character, so he could very possibly be nothing like that, because that's happened in handoffs before. But yeah. it was cute. The suit is neat. It's okay.
0: They have, uh, apparently their theme is uh, dinosaurs and knights. Or maybe it's dragons and knights, but I imagine it's probably dinosaurs. But just with with the Ryu at the start, I, I think dragon, and then I think dragon knights, and then I think, oh yeah, that was uh, the name of the common writer Ryuki American version they did.
1: Yeah, I don't know. we'll we'll see what happens. Again, like I was, I had so many reservations going into this show, and look where we ended up. Yep. So who knows how I'm gonna feel about this new one? I'm ready to to welcome it with open arms, same, but we've got these four these four crossover episodes before that, which look like they could be a lot of fun. here's open I'm excited to you know see my boy stinger oh he's in it cool. uh, i the I know the core five there are apparently a bunch of other people in it that I don't know uh but the nice. core five is marvelous uh Yamato stinger kagura and whatever the red from nininja was i don't know his name
0: oh that's a shame why is he there that's not nice that's not nice maybe he's maybe he'll finally have learned how to how to say that his catchphrase and sound like he means it
1: so you know we've got three reds and orange and a pink and we'll see what happens and you know that'll yeah, be fun That'll be fun. Lots of
0: people in the in the red spectrum.
1: Yeah, it's we'll see. We'll see some people we like. One yeah. person we're pretty ambivalent about. Possibly uh, some other people we really like. Who knows? Cool. Um, right. I know. I know that there are more returning people in it, but I don't know who they are. I have no idea what the plot of this thing is. But let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, gonna be a fun. Gonna be a wild time. Uh, so then. For Laser Knees and the rest of the TOOL Network, I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sona.
0: And don't get kicked by a horse and die.
1: Adieu.